0: Welcome to the Highway Church podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. And I've simply called this message that your stretcher days are behind you. They're finished. Yeah. And uh, a few weeks ago when I came, I think you you it was an unforgettable moment, I know, because I barely had a voice to speak. And uh, I think I made some sort of comment that 's amazing for a woman when you don 't have a voice that 's working and yet we still find a way to talk and so you you endured with me for about thirty five minutes when my voice wasn 't working so well, so thank you but i 've got a little more strength today and i I think I shared the word with you out of that scripture out of mark chapter two remember the 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 ones that climbed up through up through got to the roof and Uh, created a hole in the roof so that the man who was the paralytic could be lowered down to Jesus and we focused upon the climb, we focused on the effort involved, we focused on the digging, but we also focused on how grateful we are for the climbing companions that God gives us along the journey called life. Those Those ones that will encourage us those ones that will lift us up, those ones that will say, we're with you, I'm for you, I'm not going to quit on you. Those standout words that came out in that scripture that we read just a few weeks ago, and it said this, when Jesus saw their faith. Faith is a thing that is seen. It's not disclosed, it's not hidden. There is evidence that faith has been around. And when those, those ones with this man who is the paralytic were with Jesus that day and they got to Jesus and Jesus says these amazing words and he says, your sins are forgiven. And at this moment in this room and those that were in proximity, they said this, they said, Jesus, you've got no right to say those things. You've got no right to say that his sins are forgiven. And it's at that moment that I want to pick up now the rest of this chapter. Mark chapter 2, verses 9 through to 12. And I'm going to read this morning out of the New Living Translation. And Jesus says in response to those that said, you've got no right to say that his sins are forgiven. He says, Is it easier to say to the paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and they praised God exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Now there's four things that I want to bring to, to bring to the table this morning as we gather together. The first thing is about standing up. The second thing is about grabbing your stretcher as the Message Bible words it. The Message Bible uses the word stretcher. The uh, New Living uses the word mat, grab your mat or grab your stretcher. The third thing is to go home and the fourth thing is to walk. And let me say to you, walking your journey out with God, walking as a believer, is something that we've all got to learn and grow and mature and grow up into. A walk is not an automatic button. It's something that we choose. It's something that we learn. It's something we grow into. But let me just draw a few thoughts out of this today. The first thing is about standing up. Because that was the first thing that Jesus said to the man who was the paralytic. Standing up is only ever your first step. Standing up is just your first step of realisation and revelation that your life can actually be better and your life can actually be different. That you can move from where you've been into where you need to go. Standing up is only that first little step along the journey. It's when that word comes to you that... I've been laying down in this position for way too long. Standing up is that moment of understanding and revelation that maybe I can move beyond where my life has been. Maybe I can move beyond what my life has been like. And coupled with that realization will come these thoughts I want to, I know I can. But I also know that I've been lying down in this position for so long and I've got used to it. And I've been in that place for such a length of time that some of the fight, if not all of the fight, has gone out of me because laying down has now become my familiar. And lying down can become almost an unwelcome companion. And I've been in that place for too long. But there's one thing that can't be ignored here. And there's one thing that can't be ignored with you. And this thing, this voice that can't be ignored was that Jesus' voice was the only one that matters. We've listened to conversations from other people or we've listened to our own conversations But Jesus was hovering over the paralytic and he said this, he said, I have authority to forgive your sins. That's why none of us have got a right to live in any kind of condemnation. Because Jesus says, I have authority to forgive your sins. But I've been bad, I've done wrong, I've messed up. I've rejected God's voice. I've walked away from church. I've dishonoured my parents. I've done the wrong thing. And Jesus' voice of authority says, I'm the one with the authority to forgive your sins. Don't ever let anyone else keep heaping coals of condemnation on you. Live under the voice of authority of Jesus, for He's the one with with the authority over your life. It was the voice of Jesus gave him a reason that he could be a better man, that he could be a different man. It was the voice of authority gave this man the reason that I don't have to remain the same over from one year to the next. It was the voice of Jesus that came to him and said, I can be forgiven and I don't have to keep on lying down. And that's the thing that we need to take home today is that the voice of authority, the voice of the master is the one that we need to live under. Secondly, he says, grab your mat or grab your stretcher. And I love that word grab because it's not just a casual approach like touch or something. It's something, I've got this. I'm grabbing this. I've got a hold of this. I've got possession of this. It's got some force to it. It's got some aggression to it. It's got some ownership to it. It's like, grab your stretcher. And the man grabbed his stretcher. And the reason he could do that was because this stretcher, this mat represented where his life used to be at. I've been there. I've been laying down for so long. I've been flattened by that situation. My life has been overcome by the problems there. But now I'm standing up. And not only am I now standing up, I've now grabbed my stretcher and that season of my life will no longer define me. It has no voice, it has no place, it has no influence, it has no say and I have grabbed that thing and instead of laying on it, it's now in my hands. It's in my hands. It was deliberate, it was intentional. Intentional. And he grabs his stretcher. And it feels to me as I read this that to me it draws a picture of someone grabbing their place in God. Grabbing their identity in God. Grabbing their own victory, their own personal victory, their own personal place of revelation. Grabbing a hold of their future even. Grabbing it And saying this matters and I am not letting go of my future. Because I'm under the voice and I'm under the authority of Jesus Christ. Not only was this man standing. And the reason he was standing was because willingness was found in him to respond to Jesus' words. And he had a hold of his own stretcher. It reminded me of the defining moment, really, I suppose, the call that came upon the prophet Ezekiel's life. And the Message Bible says it this way. It says, And God grabbed him. He grabbed Ezekiel. And God was grabbing Ezekiel because He was needing Ezekiel to speak. Whenever God wants to do something on the earth, whether it's something new or breakthrough or ushering in a new season, What he will do is grab someone. Why was he grabbing Ezekiel? Because things, what had happened to Israel? Why were they so lost? Why were they so separated from what they were supposed to be? Why did they look like a valley of dry bones? What had happened to God's people? So, what does God do? He grabs a man. And he says, Now man of God, speak. But it went further than just a man speaking. It went into a place of saying, Man of God, I've grabbed you. Now prophesy. 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 Where there's death, prophesy life. Where there's death, prophesy breath where there's disconnect, prophesy, life and breath, that they're coming back together, they're standing up, the life and the breath of God is in in them and join the army of God with the voice of God on the earth. But man of God, I've grabbed you now, speak and prophesy. And when God wants to do something in your life and something in mine and something in our church and something in our nation, He grabs a voice. He grabs someone who is willing to speak and willing to prophesy. And he says, I need a voice that will speak breath. And it's the grab of God on your own life that will pull you into your own future. To pull you up from your lowly place, your settled place, your whatever that place is that you've got a name for, and to pull you up from being earthbound into heavenly realms. I think we forget where we're seated, that we are seated in heavenly places. I wish I could remember the whole thing. I can't remember it all, but I recall someone at one time having an open vision. And in this open vision, there were these big boxes everywhere. And these boxes were wrapped so magnificently with these big bows on top. And these boxes were were gifts that were going to a wedding. And the wedding was the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom, the church and Christ. And in this open vision, this person saw the boxes, the gifts being opened And these boxes, when they were unwrapped, there were colours inside. And the colours within were yellows and browns, which represented being earthbound. And could it be that God wants to change the colours of our lives? From being earthbound, from being in this place to move us beyond the earthly places and lift us up into heavenly realms so that the colours that we carry are the colours of life and the colours of victory and the colours of living in those heavenly places where we have authority over principalities and powers of darkness and dominions. Instead of those things putting you on the mat, you say, my stretcher days are over. No longer am I being earthbound in my language, earthbound in my words, earthbound in my thoughts, but I'm being lifted up, I'm seated in heavenly places. My stretcher days are done. He says in the book of Revelation that he who overcomes will I allow to sit with me. He says they overcame. They overcame not by motivation. They overcame not by clever thinking. They overcame not by the latest and the greatest. But they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony, it's never changed and it never will. It's time for your testimonies. It's time for your victories to be in your own hand. It's time for your travails to become your testimonies of the grace and the mercy and the goodness and the power of God in your life. This is what the blood of the Lamb has done for me. I can no longer go back to the stretcher. I don't identify with the stretcher any longer. It's that moment when you know that God has grabbed you and you're walking in a place of revelation and you're not letting go of Him and He's not letting go of you and you're not letting go of the truth that's come to you. You can't because you are a new creation in Christ. It's that moment When you've caught a revelation and you are not letting it go and it's shaping you and changing you and renewing your mind. The next thing Jesus says to the man on the stretcher, go home. Go home. He tells him these things. Stand up, grab your stretcher and go home. What does home represent for you? Maybe it's that place where someone good is cooking a lamb roast for you today. No such deal in my house, I've got to tell you. I'll go home to, nope, nothing in the fridge, doesn't matter, we'll eat tomorrow. What does, that doesn't say a lot about Byron, does it? (laughs) I just realized what I just said. What happens in Gilston stays in Gilston, right? (laughs) Jesus tells him, stand up. Grab your stretcher and go home. Home is that place where you fit. It's that place where you belong. It's that place of your ownership. It's that place of your future. It's that place of your destiny. Home is in the house of God. It's in the church. It's in your heart. It's in that place where this is who I am in Christ. It's, place, it's a place where we gather, where we worship together. The Scripture tells us not to forsake the coming together of ourselves. And there's a reason for that. If we don't gather in church, we'll gather somewhere else. If we don't become part of the house of God, we will give our time, our money, the best part of our lives to something else, someone else or we will become fringe dwellers, internet watchers, and hear a little of this and a bit of that. A bit of a scripture here, a bit of a sermon there. Listen to our favourite YouTube speaker. And as much as I do that often, I want to say to you, our favourite YouTube speakers will not be the one visiting you in a hospital room. Your favourite speaker on television will not be the one marrying your children, dedicating your children to the Lord, praying for your businesses, praying for your marriages, attending family funerals, putting an armour on your shoulder on a Sunday morning, making you a cup of tea, visiting you in your home. Our favourite YouTube preachers will not be doing that for you. We need to come together in the house of God. There's something about coming together here being found in the house, found in His ways, found in His courts together and bringing praise to Him together, found bringing encouragement to someone else's life and receiving encouragement for yourself, found praying for someone else and letting someone else pray for you, found caring about the health or the health of our local church, found bringing people to church, found caring about Where your own, what is your own spiritual climate and found caring about how someone else's journey in God is going? I was once lost and now I'm found. I am no longer on the stretcher of desperation anymore. I refuse to identify with the word victim. I refuse to identify with that word. Once you know Jesus Christ as Lord, once you know what the blood of the Lamb has done for you. Once you know your victory in Christ, I refuse to identify with the word victim. Circumstances may have happened. Trouble may have come. Things might have knocked you sideways for a while, but you are not a victim because of the blood of the Lamb. And I refuse to identify with those days. And the reason I can talk differently is because the voice of authority Of Jesus came over my life. Crisis, chaos, fear, and disruption to my future, you are in my hands now, and you have no authority to pull me down again. The only way you'll end up down there again is if you allow yourself to go down there again. Those things lost their voice when the voice of the Master spoke over my own life. I'm home in my call. I'm home in my place where Jesus called me. I have found my place in God and I've found where I belong. And where you belong is in a tight, intimate relationship with none other than your Saviour. And then lastly, this, and I'll I'll get the the, um, worship team to come up in just a minute. This walk. This walk is different. It's a different kind of walk. Your walk is different when you have met with revelation and met with wisdom. Your walk is different when you meet Jesus. It's just different. And in verse 12 in the New Living Translation, it says, And the man jumped up. He jumped up and he grabbed his mat. And he walked out through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed. And they praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. And I want to ask you, and I ask myself the same question I ask us as the Church of Jesus Christ when was the last time you got really excited about God? like so excited that you were like this guy and you jumped up because you were so grateful about what the Lord has done? When was the last time that you stood up and you didn't care who was around you and you were so truly excited about your life and your future and something within you has so come alive that you can't ignore it? And you don't want to shut it down and you don't want to be silent and you don't want to be passive. And you've grabbed your own personal stretcher. That thing that used to cause you to lie down all the time and something in you has come alive to such a degree that you say, I can never, ever, ever, ever and choose never to go back there again. And because of that, something in me has risen up. When you appreciate all that God has done for you, and that's become so alive on the inside of you, and that your life, your own life, should cause others to want to praise God, that there's something about our lives that has become so inspirational because there's truth in you, and there's something about you that is contagious that it causes others to be stunned about what's happening in your own life. And they were amazed. And what did they do? They started to praise God also. I love that. It's like, I don't even know why I'm praising God, but you are and so I am. And so let's all do that together. And I tell you what, that spirit of heaviness that the enemy wants to bring upon you, it just comes off. It comes off with praise. It doesn't belong to you. And here's the thing. We will never walk differently. Just remember this today. You will never walk differently until you know who has authority over you. What voice carries that authority when you let someone else's voice have the authority over you well it was my mom, it was my dad it was my brother, it was my work colleague it was my son it was my daughter, it was my friend it was the church down the road it was the church 10 years ago what a distortion that is that needs to be stopped today that needs to be silenced today It is the voice of Jesus that came over the man who was the paralysed man. And because of that voice, Jesus says, stand up. Grab your stretcher and walk and walk. And if it happened then, it can happen now because Jesus has not changed. Let's not carry earthbound colours over our lives. The colours are brown, the colours that are earthbound, the colours that are yellow. And please don't, if you like yellow and brown, please don't all of a sudden throw your yellows and browns. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our identity in Christ. Our identity in Christ. And the reason you can walk differently with confidence today with your held held head held high. is because He is the one over your life. Let me tell you one story. Wasn't going to share it today, but I will, because I want you to grab this. And in the coming week or so, you're going to hear Byron and I talk about some other things that are compatible with this today. Last week, I was speaking at a church on another part of our city the church had gone through it. It's a, it's a time of loss and sadness as their pastor has just passed away in the last three weeks. And so the church is hurting and they're sad. Very, very much this pastor is loved. And they asked me would I come and speak into their future, which I considered a, an enormous privilege and honour. I carry that very seriously because this church's future is... They're looking for direction. They're looking for a place. We've got to find our feet now in this in this season that we're in. And so I I delivered the word that I felt that I had upon my heart. And then, it, sort of at the end of the service, there was an altar call. This altar call turned out to be an altar call for healing. And honestly, one side of the room to the other was filled with people needing a a touch from the Lord regarding their bodies and so forth and got about halfway down the line and there's this beautiful middle-aged lady that came to the altar and she was in distress she was sad and she was crying and I asked her her name her name is Carol and she was trying to get the words out to tell me and anyway cut a long story short her husband is in hospital in a coma wires and tubes everywhere, I guess keeping him alive and pretty tragic story really. And he was in a coma and I don't know the outcome, it didn't, look, it didn't sound good anyway. So she's telling me the story and she's sobbing as she's telling me about her husband, Kevin. And next minute I hear this voice come out of me and it was exactly like this. And I said, wake up, Kevin. Kevin wake up. Arise o oh sleeper, Kevin wake up. And I heard that happening. And then I hugged her and I moved on to the next person. And the next person and the next person. By the time I got down to the line which was probably about 30 35 minutes later, someone came running from the auditorium and said the hospital's just rung. Kevin has woken up out of his coma. Not only has he just woken up, but but they're taking all the wires and the tubes out of him. Kevin is awake. He's awake. And I prayed for so many that day. And one woman came to me later. She said, when you prayed for me, she said, I felt something get pulled out of my breast. Like get pulled out of my breast. And I said, has it gone? She said, it's gone. And there was different moments like that down the line. And this morning I didn't come in intentionally to pray for the sick. I came in to preach and speak and prophesy into the church's future. Maybe I was doing that without realising it. And the person that's overseeing the church said, you've got no idea, Kevin waking up this morning, what that's done to our church. That hope has risen up today that... Something has woken up within us today. Something came off us today with Kevin waking up. And I want to encourage you today. Your stretcher days are over. They're over, they're over, they're over. It's time we rose up into who we are as the body of Christ. And I'm so aware this morning I'm speaking into people's lives here. I am speaking into people's lives here and I'm going to ask the team to sing that, Ooh, that song that takes us there. <laughs> Mark knows what I'm talking about. That ascend song, right? We're ascending. We are, we've already ascended actually, if the truth be known. We're already there. We're not trying to get there. We're actually already there. And today, it's time to stand time to grab, it's time to go home, which is where you belong, and it's time to walk. And I want you as a mark of faith and identification with the Word, to respond to the Word today. I want you to get up out of your seat and bring your stretcher with you, which is a symbolic decision to say, no longer will I go back to that place. Today, it's at the altar. And from this day forward, I'm walking into my destiny. I'm walking into my freedom. I'm walking into my victory. I'm walking into that place that God has called me to because the voice of Jesus is over my life. Church, would you stand? And those of you that say, I've got to respond to this, come to the altar right now. Come to the altar right now. We're going to pray as family today as we worship the King of Kings And the Lord of Lords, in Jesus' Name, Amen.